happy Monday, Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. I'm extremely excited for today's episode because not just we have Wes Bays online, our co-host, we have someone that I think is one of the best of the best when it comes to marketing, especially branding. Maybe that's why they call him the brand doctor. Most <laughs> of you probably know him as Henry Comiskey Jr. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's going on? You doing all right? What's going on, Chris? How's everything? What's going on, Wes? We're always good, man. Any day to ends in why, man. You got to be moving, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you having me on and I'm happy to uh, serve your audience today. <clears throat> I, I, there's a lot of... I know that I was on your podcast. I don't even know how when it was. Like what, six weeks ago? Four weeks? Feels like a no, lot. No, it was only a couple weeks ago. Probably two was and a half it? weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that. Far. Time flies, bro. Yeah, time flies. Every day feels like three. <laughs> Get so much work in, but that, that's a good thing. When we're on, when I was on your show, we talked a lot about how to overcome and how to have the right type of mentality and perception when it comes to handling this coronavirus and the pandemic and what's going on. Now that you start seeing things lifted a little bit, I know that we left a lot of the listeners like with a, I guess you say a cliffhanger and they wanted more from us. But I thought it was probably appropriate after speaking to Wes and I know he agreed with, cause he's had a lot of, like a lot of um, industry knowledge on marketing specifically like social media stuff. And I thought you'd be perfect for the show on trying to align the sales process with the marketing process yeah. and overall goal of fulfillment, you know, and for them to, you know, your customers or clients, whoever to succeed. Yeah. How important do you think it is to have both marketing sales and fulfillment is speaking to each other coherently? Oh, it's so important because at the end of the day, it comes down to the experience, the customer is going to get when they interact with your business right. and how you treat them along the process, right? Mm -hmm. We want to treat our clients like they're walking into a Ritz-Carlton when they interact with unique designs, when they come to our website. You know, we have a, a chat bot that introduces them. Or, I mean, acknowledges th their presence and says, you know, what are you here for? How can we help you? Um, and that gets a lot of engagement, right? So when you walk them through a process and they feel taken care of, when they feel that you truly care about them and they see that through your marketing because you're, you're hitting them from all these angles and you're making them feel comfortable, uh, it makes a huge difference. So when they get to the salesperson, it's, it, they're already pre-sold. They're already feeling good. They don't feel like, uh, you know, the uh, snake oil is going to come out. You know what I mean? And <laughs> right. So right. The, the more you can in increase and enhance your user experience or your visitor experience, uh, the better. Right. I would agree. I couldn't agree anymore when you're looking at just trying to increase the overall experience of your customers. If you focus on it that way, and, and Wes, and I have a question for you and kind of having you picking your brain on this because sometimes when you're not just trying to increase the overall experience of your customers, you're not just trying to make them feel good. It's not a smokescreen tactic. You're trying to figure out, okay, what are they really looking for from me? How can I make an impact with them? Especially when you're looking into the marketing side, how are they being marketed to? What attracted them to the marketing? That's one of the first questions I ask people. What attracted you to take action? On this, I'm trying to get myself in their world and merge myself in their world for a second and put myself in that emotion when they took action. How important is that, Wes, with the marketing side? Because I know that you have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the social media side as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely critical, right? That the message has to align and expectations have to align. Mm -hmm. right? So we can't, if, if marketing is putting out a certain message, is making the customer feel a certain way and has a certain emotion tied in with the journey that they're on, and then we come in and we break that cycle right on the sales side, you know, or we give them a different expectation or don't meet that expectation, it's going to create that disconnect and then there's a lack of trust there. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm sure Henry can speak a lot to this, but that's where that, that continuance of that message or everybody being on the same page is so important which I guess I would frame that question over to, to Henry. I mean, how do you, from, from your standpoint, how do you make sure that all parties involved, so sales, marketing, how do you make sure that they're all on the same page? What's the expectation that you set for all these different parties? 
Well, if you're working as a team, they all have to be incongruent. And I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of tit for tat, especially in corporate. Mm. Like, oh, marketing doesn't understand sales and sales doesn't understand marketing. You know, I hear my wife all day long here and she works for a big publishing company, big global publishing company, and she's on the marketing side, right? <clears throat> so, but what she does a really good job with is communicating with the sales team and making sure that they're educated, making sure that their confidence is at a level so that when they go in front of the prospect or the client, they're talking with that confidence. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> I was talking to an old client yesterday. Man, when I first started my business, I was, this is 13 years ago, right? So he's been with me now forever. I mean, we haven't worked together for a few years, but he still watches every video because he's, he's literally watched my whole entire business mature from literally a graphic designer that did club flyers in the nightlife industry in New Jersey, <laughs> uh, you know, to a, a, a multi seven figure boutique branding agency. And he said, the one thing that I love about you, Henry, is especially when you're on your videos and on your podcast and that is the inflection in your voice. Hmm. He goes, you are so confident and dialed in to what it is that you do. It comes out in your voice and you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. You can tell the entrepreneurs from the real entrepreneurs just by the way they communicate. Mm -hmm. So to, to tie this all together, we should all be working in congruency to help each other build each other's confidence. So if sales can report back to marketing and say, this is what's going on on the front lines, could we tweak our marketing message? Right. And then marketing goes back around and says, hey, sales, we did that. And we've also made some updates that we want you to be, you know, in tune with so that when you go out there to sell, you feel so confident about the product, the, end, the, the, the prospect's going to feel that and right. bam, it's game over from there. I couldn't agree anymore when you're just talking about that. And I hope the listeners really caught on. The reason why you're able to communicate your message and they're feeling you because it's coming from your passion and your heart. Yeah. I can't tell people enough. If you don't have a very strong conviction about whatever you're doing for a living, stop. Go back to the drawing board, read a book, whatever it is for you, however you learn, and then bring your skills back to the table because you're doing your customers a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. When I have my name in my mouth, when, I'm, when I say, hey, this is Chris Ross, or this is my business, I'm, I'm putting my credibility on the line, Henry. When I have somebody calling on my behalf, it could be an assistant, could be IT, could whatever. I have to make sure that they're 100% aligned with my mission and my culture and trying to help the buyer at all times. Whatever it takes, at all costs, you have to help them understand and provide them clarity. When you're talking about when the sales team goes back to marketing and say, hey, what if we make these tweaks? And then you go, okay, all right, I can make these tweaks. Because what you're trying to do in a marketing side, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is some of the stuff that I teach when I'm trying to align my process with marketing in all the companies, is I talk to them about, okay, hey, what you need to do is market it in such a way where you provide them clarity, but not overwhelm them with information to make it easy for the salesperson to get into cadence mm -hmm. right from the beginning and get right back into that emotion, whatever it was for them to take action, whatever your process. Mm. How hard is that? If you're, if I came to you as a salesperson, a sales director, VP, whatever, and say, Hey, can we do it this way? Do you have that in mind when you're writing up a campaign? At the end of the day, I mean, we want to connect with the, with the end user. So when mm -hmm. you come back to me and tell me, this is what the, the prospects are feeling, you know, this is what their objections are, right? This is what's, this is their choke points. Like mm -hmm. our marketing needs to speak to that. When your marketing speaks to the conversation that your prospects are having in their head already, mm -hmm. that's when it gets, that's when that light bulb comes off and it says, how the hell did they know that? 
<laughs> so you know what I do? Here's, here's a little kind of a hack that I do um, when I'm putting together my messaging on social media and we're, and we're putting together. So I have a copywriter. I'm not a copywriter. I'm not a campaign manager. I specifically focus on brand strategy and, and, and brand identity. Um, so we do the strategy with the client and then my team and I actually direct the art. So we develop the website, we develop the funnels, we develop the messaging, right? And we make sure that that's all consistent and premium looking. Um, but one of the things that we need to do is, oh, so getting back to my hack, I will look at competitors, indirect and direct, and I will look at the language and words that they use on their landing pages, mm. right? And I save them, I screenshot them, I write them down, because if they're using that language, and these are some reputable people that have scaled tremendously. I've watched them grow, right? How so? How so? Well, I, I remember, I, I don't want to name names. Or? No, I don't want to name names, but I remember when this guy was just a, a, a bobblehead on Facebook putting out, you know, videos every day, right? Uh, and then I see him doing these little masterminds with some very reputable people. And I know that he was charging like 25K for these groups. So you times that by 10 people, right? So I know he's, 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 he's crushing it, right? So I'm going to dial into what his landing pages look like because of course. We, we don't necessarily do the same thing, but he has my audience. Mm. So I want to make sure that the words that I use are in sync with the words he's using because at the end of the, 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 the road, my clients or my prospects are going to be like, this guy gets me. Right. You know what I mean? So paying attention to, I'm not a huge com competitive analysis guy. Like I don't want to get, you'll hear Gary V talk about it all day long where he doesn't even know what his competition's doing because he's not focused there. Yeah. I'm not either. Right. I really don't want to go that route just because the, I believe that the ones that really try to make strategic decisions when it comes to your competition and understanding the marketplace and market analysis and understanding what works for them and your competition, I need to have blinders on on what I'm trying to accomplish because those types of people, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong and if you disagree, please be open to mm -hmm. speaking your mind. That's more of a finite business owner. They're just trying to win that game, that campaign right then. Yeah. Small term. Yeah. I'm trying to be an infinite player in this game. I'm going to have the resources available for a very long time. History is proven. Yeah. So I'm going to be around forever because some days they might, I might have the best product or service or whatever might have the best process within a sales process, whatever. But tomorrow I might not because someone might be able, be able to understand what I'm doing and then make the proper adjustments and tweaks with their system to beat my results. Yeah. And here's the issue that I see a lot with them when it comes to people they're not willing to put in the effort and the dedication to become 1% better each and every day. Those are the infinite type of players. Yeah. When you're looking at a company and taking one on and Wes, I'll ask you first, because I think it's important to lay down some, the foundation of it. Mm. When you're going into a new business on marketing side, especially social media, or you're looking at for graphic design and that personal branding mm -hmm. could be in a company. Do you pay attention to the ones that are finite business players or business owners and or infinite business owners? I mean, do you pay attention to that much in detail when you're analyzing a business? Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing that Henry said, you know, that I think it is really, really good is that he's looking at everything, right? I, I'm, I'm very similar from that sense in the fact that I want to see the entire picture. I want right. to see different opinions. I want to see different strategies. I want to see what people are doing. Mm -hmm. not because I need to use that for myself, but because I need to understand it further. Right? right. When I get a better understanding of what they're doing, why they're doing it, I can help enhance that process to get what I'm doing or that company that I'm working with to the next level. Right. Because marketing, it's, it's such an emotional game. Right. And, and everything that you do, and this is actually where I'm, I'm curious also uh, to pick Henry's brain on this is you have to think about every, it's all perception based, right? So everything that you're putting out there, what does that make the person see? What does that make the person feel and think? Yeah. Um, and so as I'm going to answer the question, as I'm going in, 
I look at every party involved to see who's doing it, who's doing it better, who's doing it best. How can I reverse engineer that and make it even way even better than what we're even seeing at this point? And so, which I would be really curious for Henry to also kind of dig into is how do you reverse engineer that process for yourself? Because I think here's the thing is when we're talking about sales, when we're talking about, um, you know, that side of piece, that whole hap- all of that happens because of the marketing side, yeah. right? Every, the expectations are all set kind of going back to that. Yeah. And so well, I would direct the question to Henry say, what's that reverse engineering process look like for you uh, as far as breaking down exactly when you have a, a, that client at first, what are you looking for? How are you tying in all those emotions, kind of getting more into that? Yeah. So here's a couple of things that I do for myself and I teach my brand accelerator clients this as well is I want to really understand the pains and challenges that they're going through right now that would actually want them to start searching for somebody like me, right? So what is that compelling event that happened in their life that made them say, I need this, okay? I'll use myself, I'll throw myself under the bus here. Uh, when I, about five years into my business, I was a one-man band. I was doing everything inside of my business. Fiverr comes out, completely disrupts the design industry, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I was charging three, $400 for, you could get for $5. How do you compete with that, right? On top of that, Hurricane Sandy comes through New York and New Jersey and completely wipes us out, right? I remember the, the gas lines being around the corner and... Every, the, no power for 15 days, right? We were the last ones. My neighborhood was one of the last ones to get their power back. Meanwhile, my business is going down and down. I'm seeing a huge decrease in growth because I'm out of the nightlife business because I'm right. grown, I'm, I'm married, but I'm, I'm, I'm still spending like I'm a baller. And eventually all that catches up to you. Because of the status? You didn't want to lose that status? I didn't want to lose the status. Not, a, not with my wife, not with my friends, not with my family. And eventually, I, you hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I finally went to my wife and I said, here's what's going on. I need your help. When she started to help me point my focus and direction in another way, like, Henry, you need to research things. You need to start seeking out a coach. You clearly need the help. So my RAS kicks in. My Pivotal reticular, moment. Right? My, my, my reticular activating system kicks in. And now I start, all these coaches start showing themselves in my, in my life. And, I, and I'm weeding them out one by one. And it mm-hmm. just so happens that Russell Brunson makes the cut. And now I start diving into his podcast. This is the power of podcasts, right? I start going into his podcast and learning more about him and, and, and getting familiar with him, which leads me to his marketing funnel for a big coaching program. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I applied and I realized it was 25,000 and I didn't have the money back then. But I figured that we figured out another program that I was able to fit in. Now, I didn't have $10,000 to get into this program. So here's a little mindset lesson for you. When they proposed that 10K program for me, I said, listen, it's not if this program works, it's when this program works. That's good. I have to do this because if I don't, I'm going to be in the same boat I am tomorrow and that's not acceptable. So I go in. And I, I, I break down to Russell and told him where I was. And I was, we were both hysterical crying. He's just an emotional mush as I am. And, (laughs) and uh, at the end of that call, he hires me to help him with all of his marketing design for the dot-com secrets book. When it first came out, pays me $6,000 right there. Boom. I made 60% of my investment back in one hour. That would have never happened had I not take that chance, but do you see that compelling event that happened? It was like, I do. Right. And that's what I'm focusing in on. I want to know what's going on in my, why are they just like you, Chris, why are they coming to me? What's the big choke point? Mm-hmm. And what are they not telling me? What are they really not telling me? Yes. Like, that's what I'm looking for. You got to be able to have, and, and thank you for sharing that for the listeners because a lot of people may, may not know that about you. Do you know where, when you made that pivotal moment, you made that shift. Just me using my emotional intelligence with that piece and understanding. 
when you're leading with courage and you're leading with being vulnerable, you know, probably how hard was that conversation that you had to have with your wife? Oh, dude, when she said, I'll be right back. And she went to go get the laptop. And when she came back into bed and she was like, let's get the work. I thought we were going to work looking for divorce attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, like, and it's, it's, it's important because I guarantee you, you probably think of that. You could probably visualize that in your mind and feel the emotion of, oh shit, I don't know what's about to happen. That's an amazing breakthrough that you had and probably a connection builder with your wife. Oh, certainly. And part of your story. Yeah. Do you know why it's so compelling? Because you're vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. You talk a lot about that. That's, that's what buyers go through, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't want to know reach. how I got the Two Comic Club Award. They want to know the struggles and how I almost lost the business. Exactly. People don't want to hear my success. <laughs> People don't want to hear yours. They don't want to hear Wes. They don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> no. Don't talk about it. I can't stand when I hear marketing, even on our landing page, talking how great they are. Bro, I, I don't, when people go, you know, I'm on these different podcasts and people intro me and I, I listen to my bio. I, I choose, try to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to know if I arrived yet. Yeah. I'm not done. I'm not even scratched the surface on the things that I want to accomplish. Yeah. I don't even want to know. Yeah. But that's where the buyers need to understand this or marketing could be CEO, whatever salespeople. They are the most vulnerable. I look at it as a cry for help when they, take action on one of my landing pages or one of the companies that I'm consulting with. I look for his cry for help. Yeah. Usually when people take action on a program or take action on something in their life, it usually happens on a Thursday through Sunday at nighttime, or it could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, late at night. And then going, I really hate my life. I really need to do something different. I'm not accomplishing my task. I'm not accomplishing my goals. I don't have any fulfillment in my life. So walk them through why is branding so important and what you learned with, you know, Russell Brunson, right? And why is branding and understanding why that's so important in today's marketplace yeah. when you're even thinking about taking action on something? Oh man, this is great. This is, you, you, you teed me up beautifully here. I'm a firm believer of this. As an entrepreneur, we are inside the bottle and it's very hard to read the outside of the label, okay? Mm -hmm. I was a really kick-ass designer and to this day, I still got my chops. I just did something for Fabio Viviani yesterday by myself and I was like, ah, let me see if I still got it because a lot of my team builds all that stuff out now, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty good still. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to toot my own horn, seriously, but um, one of the things that Russell humbled me with when we got on our call was when he went to my website <clears throat> and it wasn't the website that you see today. It was another one, but I spent at that moment, I spent about $18,000 on it and I, the money I did not have, right? I just thought if I level up my, the look and feel of my website, I'll attract a higher quality client. Yes, I was right, but there was something crucially missing on that website. You know what it was? I was about to ask you, but no, I'm curious. Now you got me on the hook. Me. Oh, wow. He said, Henry, look at this work that you've created. Look at this website. It is something I've never seen a website like this before. It's insane. But where are you? You have this bubbly personality. You're outgoing. You, you know, you have this energy about you, you know, nowhere to be found on your website. So how do I differentiate you, Henry, from the other kick-ass website, des uh, designer website? And I said, bam. So I immediately, that's what triggered Wes, me creating that, that origin story video that you'll see on my website to this day. You know, <clears throat> it's, it's a few years old. I'm not going to lie. You right. can see the old logo and stuff in the video, but it's so impactful that I refuse to take it down because it is a, it is the pure essence of who I am. And I infused that on that website and mm -hmm. I saw a huge change in who I attracted as a client and, and the amount of work that I started to get. And so, you know, as much as everybody else out there, how social media is just overflowing. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's it, a, it makes me sick, right? to be honest with you. It, may, it really makes me sick. Sometimes it makes me sick. You, it doesn't take long to know when someone's full of shit. It doesn't. You, you can spot them a mile away, but you, you have to know what you're looking for. 
Yes. Wes and I have this conversation tons, yeah. like tons. People even sometimes today, when you have calls, they'll put a, like a green screen behind them and, you know, sitting on a yacht, yeah. <laughs> trying to, you know, wearing fake rollies, you know, or whatever. I saw that, you know, you're flashing yours. When you're wearing different things of designer clothes and it, it's just all a facade. Yeah. But yeah. if you pay attention to the very small little details on the things that they're not saying. Yeah. And I was just having a conversation with an amazing person last night. And I'm not going to name drop, but this guy's been in the industry and he's tearing people up in the industry. And he's rubbing elbows with all the top. And he <laughs> was talking about it and he was like, you know, there's a lot of frauds out there. And I was like, well, I said, listen, you know, I look at it as an opportunity just to be able to shine. And he sat back and kind of just looked at me and that, cause he's like, listen, he was like, you have a lot of talent. You have all this and you can do a lot of great things. You just, people just need to get to know you. Yeah. You're pulling your head out from behind the scenes. It's great. He goes, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I was like, man, I said, you just gotta be hundred percent authentic. That comes within yourself. I'm the same person, Henry and Wes knows this. When I'm on the call right with you right now, and then I'm walking down the street to a grocery store, same, same dude, same bald head. Same story, yeah. same attitude, but that comes, you have to be whole as a person. How important is that on the branding side of when you're trying to communicate that with a company or maybe just personal brand and yeah. aligning that process? Yeah. You're gonna make it, it's, wouldn't you agree, Wes, that would make it easier for the sales process it, yeah. for, for the beginning if they knew that story? And again, just to let you know, just not to let you off the hook, your breakthrough with that piece it was vulnerability again. Yeah. You were vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. But get to the question, aligning that and going into the branding, how important is it for you to kind of convey that message of you being 100% authentic? Yeah. Well, I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll give you another quick story. So I grew up a very insecure kid. Mm. I was always the smallest guy on the field, right? I never played um, organized sports, but you know, uh, I was always the, sh the shorter guy. I was always the one who uh, had his, like my father, he, he raised me. Um, you know, he would take me to Canal Street in New York City, that's Chinatown, to get my school clothes. So it wasn't, I wasn't the one with the Timberlands on. I was, I had the Wimberlands on. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, yep. and, and I grew up that way. And that hurt tremendously once I got into business. Uh, because I wasn't very secure with myself and people feel that, right? Yeah. So what I did was I hit it with money. So I actually, when I, when I started to get momentum and, and started to make some pretty coin for myself, I spent every dollar I earned and on stuff. I had cars. I had three cars. I didn't even have a garage. I was that guy, Chris. I was the guy. What right? changed? I realized that I wasn't fooling anybody. My family turned on me and resented me mm -hmm. for it. My wife was like, this isn't the person I signed up for. My father was looking at me like, who are you? You know, I don't know where you got this from. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was so pretentious and I was so flash when I put myself out there who do you think I attracted? The tire kickers. No, I attracted other pretentious, flashy people. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're tire kickers as well. I mean, deep down, they have the same insecurities you have. What you project yeah. out in the universe, that's what usually comes to you. That's what, get, that's what comes back. And I resented these people so much. Mm -hmm. because they would always be late on payments and they would always, they would be like the worst clients ever, right? And so mm -hmm. when I was talking to one of my coaches back then, he said, Henry, and he was a Marine, so he didn't, he didn't hold back any punches. He was like, Henry, it doesn't surprise me that you're telling me all of this. He said, have you looked in the mirror lately? And you know, it's funny because my wife was telling me that for years, yet it wasn't coming from the right source, right? It was like I had to get baseball batted in the back of the head by this guy to realize, right? right it's going to change your state. You got to change that. You got to change it. You need something radically to change. Yeah. So now I, I, I pay more attention to what my wife says because if there's anybody that knows me better than me or better than anybody else, it's her and my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
So she'll be able to see things and spot things from a mile away. And so what, what changed was it wasn't until later on, Chris, this took about 10 years. I went to, I went to group therapy. I went to marriage counseling. I went to one-on-one therapy. I have a mindset coach now for the past three and a half years. Um, and I've done a lot of work on myself. And what I mm. found out was happiness comes from within. It does come agree. from outside stuff. Henry, you can love your stuff. Like you're into watches and you're into cars. And my wife still, we still, you know, fight each other on that stuff because she likes cars because it goes from point A to point B. I like cars because it makes me feel good, period. And I've, I've, something I've, that, I've, something that you're passionate about. I mean, grow up with cars. About. Right. So I have a buddy who loves fishing. He buys like thousand dollar rods. Like I know a lot of things I could spend a thousand dollars on. It wouldn't be a fish. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate him for that because I know how much he freaking loves fishing. Right. But what I realized was I need to be happy with myself and it really doesn't matter. I'm not buying that truck because I want to impress Chris or Wes. I'm buying that truck because it makes me feel accomplished. It makes me feel good. It makes You're me no feel- longer searching for approval. No. And so when I started to put that out there and started to get really comfortable in my own skin, and let me tell you something, the, the, the birth of my son, he's two and a half, that really made, made me wake up because, you know, I almost lost my business right before he was born because mm. I was financially unintelligent. I was still a bit insecure. So I went out and I bought a $187,000 car. I bought two watches and I came home to try to uh, get my mind off of being a father because I wasn't ready. Mm. And I realized that how are you not ready? Like you're going to be the best father in the world. Mm-hmm. So I had to see that from within. So then I get walloped with a, a couple uh, disgruntled clients that I had to refund because it was the right thing to do. And it put me in a hole. It put me in a really big hole. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the dealership and gave the car back. I went back to the jeweler and gave the two watches back. And I said, you know what? I can't put my family in, at risk like this anymore. This, wow. is, this is cowboy spending. This is, this, is, this is the wild west. Nonsense. I mean, but what, what kind of breakthrough was that for you? What, what, walk us through the emotions of being yeah. able to give back something that you really – yeah. At the time, earlier, when you were trying to mask your insecurities. Yeah. I'll tell you. Walk me through that. My father, I was driving home from the jewelry store, and I was on Route 80. It's the big highway out here. It's like mm-hmm. the 405, yeah. right? And um, I called him up, and I said, Dad, it didn't sting as bad to give those watches back as much as I thought. And he said, are you done? Now, here's my dad's like 6'3", 200-something pounds. Like he's a big guy. So like I always looked up to him as like this big statue figure, right? But we're talking on the phone. So, and he's got this deep voice. He says, are you done? And I didn't understand what he meant. I said, with what? He said, this. It's not you. He knew it. Yeah, well, yeah. He said, Henry, I worked four fucking jobs to make sure that there was food on the table and clothes on your back. I didn't, he says, what are you going to do when Dante comes to you one day and says, Henry, uh, daddy, daddy, buy me, can you buy me those pair of shoes or sneakers? And you can't because there's no money in the bank. Mm. He said, I didn't do that to you. So don't do it to him. We have very similar backgrounds. I think that's why we get along so well. We, we, we understand each other. And Wes, the, I mean, we have the same type of upbringing and very, he didn't come from a lot of money at all. My dad worked two to three jobs his whole life. He still, you know, picks up a second job just because he wants to. He's just, he's a hustler. He works with his hands. He, he makes money, but he doesn't make great money. But I've, you know this and Wes knows this. My older sister was handicapped, but I watched her grow up and she was, you know, breathing through tubes. You learn a lot from experiencing that as a kid of, of fight and drive. My dad would work as hard as he did to be able to provide for our family and he would give us an allowance, not an allowance, like chores and stuff. He would say, okay, listen, it's August. We're about to go to school, school year. I got 200 bucks. That's your clothes and kicks. You know me growing up. I, I got to have a nice pair of kicks, man. I, got, I wanted to wear, you know, Tommy Hilfiger at the time and, yeah, sure. and nice clothes. I don't want to be picked on because I was masking insecurity of being dyslexic and not being able to read well. But luckily for me, I can fight. <laughs> okay, so that kind of helped. I boxed growing up. 
But the point I'm trying to make with this, if anyone knows you, it's always going to be the people that are closest to you and watching you go through what you're going through in life. Yeah. Everything that happens to you in life is there to yeah. help you define, well, discover your purpose in life. Yeah. And once you're able, and that's what it sounds like to me that's happened to you is you had to real, really dig deep and be vulnerable enough to understand, okay, listen, this shit isn't working for me anymore. It's not working for me. I'm going to throw it all away. I got to go back to the drawing board. And it took a lot of vulnerability for you to go to your, your wife and just be like, you know what? I like all these watches, but it's not really for me. That's new money syndrome. You know that, right? Of course. When people have never made that type of money before. And it, I, I suffered from this when I started, you know, I got for first seven figures. I was like, man, <laughs> I was blowing money like crazy. I couldn't stop. I had a watch box, got different watches. I haven't bought a watch in a while. Because yeah. it's not about watch. When I was growing up, you know, being an Italian, yeah. I wanted to, the nice watches, the nice clothes, nice shoes. You can judge a lot about a person by the watch and her shoes yeah. growing up. Nice fedora hats. I got, as we're bald, I got a closet full of hats. <laughs> I ain't bought a hat in for, forever. Right. I don't buy shit. I'm more frugal now because I've watched, I'm investing in so many different types of opportunities, investing in myself and each and every day. Wes, how much investing have we done in the last probably six months, do you think? I think more than we've even done in the two years prior. <laughs> what do you think's changed? Our outlook, our perception, and the focus on what we're trying to do in our value system. Do you see the similarities where, where his mindset's completely different, mm. Henry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As you get older, you get more mature and you start to realize like that stuff isn't important. Thing, I've overcome so much adversity in my life and you, you, find, you discover yourself when, with adversity, yeah. your real self. Yeah. And it's difficult to look in a mirror and be like, listen, you need to stop being a bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I talk to myself horrible when I'm in that type of state because I, I, I do the same thing when I'm working with a student and working with a company. I speak to them blunt. Like, listen, yeah. You're ruining your life, man. Not just your business, but you're ruining your life. You're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, I, 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 I love the honesty and I've, 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 I've worked well with that honesty. When people tell me how it is, it really works. Um, I will say this though, I, with, my, with the coach that I'm working with now, he's got a different style. <clears throat> he's way more observant and I, I, mm. he's, he's, he's less reactive right? So the one day I was talking just like that, right? And I was beating myself up on this coaching call. I was like, oh God, I don't know why I did that. It was so stupid of me. I'm such an idiot. I never, I'm never going to get this. I'm uh, Jesus. And he was like, oh my God, Henry. He's like, do you always talk to yourself that way? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. It's the only way that I learn. He said, let me ask you a question. When Dante was learning to walk, every time he fell, did you scream at him and say, Dante, you're so stupid. How come you did that? How come you can't walk? Just walk. Just get up and walk. What are you, an idiot? Mm -hmm. Would you talk to him that way? And I said, of course not. He said, then why do you talk to yourself that way? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh boy, do I have some learning to do still. Right? Right. And I'll be a forever learner, man. I'll be 95 years old, still learning shit. You know? But when, he when he told me that and put that into perspective like that, I was... I was like, Henry, you're going, you, you're going to start today being more kinder to yourself. And I, listen, I feel it. Like we're all emotional creatures. I can tell we have a lot of energy here between the three of us. There's things going on right now in the background that's going. And I'm just like, it's not worth it. Why are you getting upset about that stuff? Right. That stuff. And then I'm, I'm really happy that you went there with that. And I appreciate, I hope the listeners caught the hidden message. Being more kind to yourself. Because if you're more kind to yourself, you're going to be more kind with your approach. Yes. You're really caught up in your own emotion. You tend to be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. And you have to get yourself back down to neutral. When I'm talking about being, being hard on myself and yelling at myself, that's just to change my state. Good. And getting myself, okay, I got my intention now. Now it's time to open myself up and figuring out, okay, where did I miss a red flag, an opportunity? Where did I miss an opportunity to make a tactical decision yeah. or simply put what lesson did I learn from that experience? Exactly. Exactly. 
how much do we speak about that with people that we train with? Like what lesson did you learn today? Not right. what, what was your success like? What did you learn today? Right. Cause that's, a, that's, it's, it's always, it's never changing, right? You're always right. going to fall. You're always going to learn. Mm-hmm. And I know that we don't have that much time left. So I want to get in a question to Henry that, that I really want yeah. you know, yeah. to be able to answer. You, I mean, you, you've been extremely vulnerable with us on here and it's, uh, we are really, I mean, I appreciate that a lot from, from the time that you've had that experience until now, how has that experience changed your philosophy or the way that you approach your clients moving forward as you know, b- like from the difference between how you did it before to how you do it now? So um, I've gotten to the point in my career where I'm pretty selective with who I work with. And that came from a lot of confidence, right? And so there's, there's one thing that Jim Rohn said a long, long time ago. Um, I'm a huge Jim Rohn fan. He said, you get what you tolerate. You get what you tolerate. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you tolerate. So if you want to tolerate lower quality clients, if you want to tolerate a lower budget car when you want a better one, uh, if you want a better life for yourself that you're not living right now, right? If you want to tolerate all of that nonsense, you want to tolerate all the negative people in your life, then you'll, con- then you'll continue to get more of them. Mm-hmm. I said, no. And it was a very hard word for me to say, even like with my son, but I'm starting to get better at it. And so this is my life. And this may come across to some people as selfish or, or arrogant or whatever, but I have one, we all have one life. Let's frame it this way. We all have one life to live. I almost died when I was two years old. And before that, it took my parents 16 years to try to have a, a kid. Oh, wow. And they, they finally did, right? So I grew up with this mentality of never giving up because I saw my two parents go at it for 16 years to try to have me, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at our lifetime, one of my clients, he's a, he's a pro ball player for the Jets. He actually got traded to the Patriots this year. But he does this football camp. And he does this little exercise. He gets this really long sheet of paper on a roll and he goes like 50 yards with it, right? And he, and he tells his students, see this strip of paper? This is your lifespan, okay? What we do today, and he takes out a little piece of paper that's like this big, right? And he slaps it in the middle of the thing. He said, what we do today accounts for that much of your lifespan, right? So if you're just going to focus on this one little thing today and let that control your life. Yeah. It can't define you. It can't define you. Well, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And then Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I said, he's right. I get that point. But I don't know, Wes, if you have kids or not, but I got to tell you, since having children, since I had my child, how fast time goes. Nobody told me this. Nobody told me how fast time flies once you start to have, once you start a family and once you start doing the things that you love to do. So I look at it as this, we are on this planet for literally two minutes in the big scheme of things. How do you want to live that two minutes? Do you want to live it in, in, in an abundance or do you want to live it in scarcity and, 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 and tolerating shit that you don't want to tolerate anymore. So I just tell people, listen, you got to live the life that you want to live. People are going to talk shit regardless. Who cares? I, I enjoy, it. The best, I enjoy yeah, it. I could be the best dad in the world. And somebody's going to say, well, who's he think he is? I could be the most horrible dad in the world. And they'll be like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's a father. Mm-hmm. No matter what they're going to say something. And you know what? Here's my philosophy. And I don't know if I told you this on my, oh, no, no. There was another guy that I was on a podcast with and I told him this. I'd rather be slandered than ignored. Very I'd rather similar. people talk, I'd rather talk, I'd rather people talk shit about me than not talk about me at all. Because got, you got their attention. At the end of the day, it's, the, it's a, just a, an admiration form. And there's, they don't know how to tell you they like you or they look up to you or why they're irritated with you. You're, why they're mad or why they're talking shit is because they have some type of insecurity themselves and they haven't hit a certain level of well, what success is Drake, or whatever what it is. is. What does Drake say? You know, jealousy is just love and hate at the same time. 
Yeah. Just a different perception, just different voice, just different thoughts. Yeah. You can't control people's thoughts no. or what they think about you. But you can control what you do. Damn right. Damn that's right. What, and that's what- And how you react. Be proactive. Don't react. Think about, okay, listen, I mean, if I'm going to irritate you this much, you're really not going to like my next couple of comments. Exactly. I'm going to tell you about your life. Yeah. And, I'm, and it's usually by just me asking questions. Like, what about me that you not like? I mean, do you not like I have a beard, bald head, blue eyes? What is it? Is it tone of my voice? I don't understand. Like, why, why is your first emotion hate and, and, and being angry at somebody? Like, what's really going on inside? If I'm able to do that, I have to be 100% at that time. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't be unbalanced. Like, you, you talked about, you know, some of the insecurities. And thank you so much for sharing it took a lot of courage to share some of that because it's, it's difficult for, for people to hit certain levels of success. And I, and I know I felt this a certain way when I started losing myself a little bit, not in business completely, but I started unraveling in my personal life yeah. because I was putting all my energy into doing what I do and you start losing, but you have to go back and realign and get yourself back balanced. But when you're driving yourself to a very vulnerable place and a scary place, how important is it to just take a breath and just remember why you're doing it in the first place? Do you think? That's it. So you got to remember where you started and, and remember why you started. Right? Yeah. Every year I go back to my, my, the house that I grew up in as a teenager from 13 to, to 16, 112 Seaview Avenue in Long Branch, New Jersey. It's a shack. I don't even know how the roof is still on it. And it didn't, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't look much different than when I lived in it. Mm. It is such a humbling moment to go back there. It's actually a clip in one of my videos on my website. I'm standing in front of it. And I'm going, I don't know how I got out of this house. Right. I don't. But I realized that with hard work and just dedication and pure courage. I mean, people say that a lot. They say, Henry, the one thing that I love about you is how courageous you are. When you, you, you got your ass kicked a couple times in entrepreneurship and you got back up. You yeah, know, be humble just, enough to admit it in your, yeah. to yourself first off. Well, you have, you, have, you have to. And I think that it makes, you, it makes me the person that I am today. At the end of the day, Chris, here's my, here's my, people have been asking me this a lot. Like, what's the next couple of years look like for you? This whole COVID thing, how you, you know, how you doing, how you coping? And I said, listen, the only thing that I can do is the next right thing every single day. But this is what I'm working towards. My son's two and a half years old. He's going to be three in a couple months. You know as much as I do that he's going to be of age really soon right. where he's going to be able to Google my name mm -hmm. and kind of see what's going out on the internet from me. And the only thing that I want to do is make sure that he's proud of what he reads, listens to, and watches. And, and, and so how we're going to and how we're going to do that is by helping other people scale and build their brands online. Because we all know what this COVID crisis has done to fam uh, businesses that were not ready to move online. They're no longer there. Mm. So it's not a nice to have anymore to be online and to scale online with your business. It's a necessity. So that's going to be my life's mission is, Henry, you were successful at it. God gave you that gift. Now share it with others and let them live a fulfilling life and a great business that they're proud of. Your service to others is the greatest currency. I mentioned that on one of the, I think the episode when I was on yours. Yes. I can't tell you, that's, that's everything that I'm about is all I want to do is make sure that they are not, they're going to leave me a lot better when, before they got to me. You know, and, and how did I want to make an impact with them, not just during a process or how long, however long they know me. I'm talking about even how they're going to speak about me 10 years down the road. Are they going to, perfect example, and I'm going to make an example and I'll give it an analogy and we'll kind of lock this up. Every person in high school or some type of form of elementary, whatever, you've always had that one teacher that you can pick out in your brain and it'll be like, yep, one name that helped you in some type of way and broke through to you. Has you had someone like that, Wes? Yeah. You, Henry? Of course. What was the name? Mrs. Harris. Yeah. Mrs. Mine was Helen. Mr. Creighton. <laughs> like that, boom. 
<laughs> he was no nonsense, no bullshit economics teacher. He pretty much, he saw right through me and broke through. It's like, listen, yeah, you can't read it out loud and sound great, but are you understanding the information? Stop, stop being insecure. No one gives a shit. No one's going to care. Algebra, you're talking about algebra. You got to go to algebra class, free calculus. No one, when you use algebra one day in your life, you come and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, you have one person you remember. Yeah. Here's my point I'm trying to make with that. You have one person to impress and one person makes a breakthrough with you. And it could be your daughter, it could be your son, whatever. You just want them to be proud of you. You have to be proud of yourself for accomplishing your task that day to be able to accomplish it. Because my targets and goals are different. My target is something I chase. Your goal is the overall outcome. The goal continues to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're never going to ever accomplish it. I'm always going to be chasing those targets because those targets will always change. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone starting out or maybe just they've got to like a six, high six-figure type of level? Can you explain a little bit more and we'll wrap up on why it's so important for you to be clear about where you're going to go before you can even go to the drawing board. Yeah. So fuzzy goals get you fuzzy results. There we period. Go. Okay. One of the things that helped me tremendously, and I can only speak for myself and some of the clients that I've worked with, you know, one of my great success stories is, is Russell Brunson. He came to me and said, Henry, I have six designers right now that's helping me design click funnels. And every time I put in a project, from a, with a different designer, I'm getting six different brands back. Honestly, I have no idea if I want to get this company to where I want to see it, which was eight figures, nine figures, it needs to be consistent. So could you come in and brand us consistently so that we can get to where we want to be? So, but he had that goal in mind. Like he was going to a hundred million, like come hell or high water. And he was going to hire and fire anybody that he needed to make that happen. Hmm. And so I come on board and for two and a half years, I helped him and his team brand ClickFunnels to the way you see it today. I said, I think my duty's done here. Like I, I've done everything I possibly could to get you consistent. I think it's time to pass the baton to your internal team and let them carry the torch. Mm -hmm. So we did. A year later, he hits $100 million. Or might have been six, the it impact. Might, it might have been six months. Yeah, because we worked two and a half years, and then his third year he had a hundred million. That's that's the impact. That's, that's the impact. impact. And the focus. Mm -hmm. He was you, dead set on hitting a hundred mil, and he was going there like a bull in a china shop. How did you? What were your emotions like when you found that out? I was blown away. I was like, man, this guy has grit. He has that focus. He has that uh, tenacity, and man, this experience will be forever written in my entrepreneurial memoir as a, as a huge success. It's, it's, part, it's, one of the, it's one of the foundations of a stepping stone for yourself. Yeah. Like Henry, think about what that did for your confidence level of you playing a part in that journey for him and his success. That's right. You got to share your successes and don't look at them as people, like a lot of people are afraid to share their success because they think it's bragging. It's not Brad. We got a little. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, we got a little. Uh, we got a little special guest here. You want to say hi? hi? Dante, what's up? Hi. Doing all right. Hi. He's watching Cars. <laughs> awesome. See your dad. Apple, Apple doesn't fall far from the trees. I mean, you're saying he grew up loving Cars. He's watching Cars. <laughs> There's a loop back for your ass, Wes. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So. Think about, let me ask you this question real quick. And, and it hit when you were talking about the success. So think about when you found that out and you know, all the confidence that you built of, you know, taking part of his journey and his success of him hitting a hundred million dollars, not just at a confidence type of level, but did it give you the understanding that you can do this with any type of company? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, take Bon Jovi, for example, that was, a f mm -hmm. that was, that was quite a few years back, but when he came to me and said, well, his brother came to me and said, um, my brother loves what you're doing at the restaurant. I was working at one of the restaurants, one of the lounges that they owned down in South Jersey. 
And uh, I was doing a lot of the menus and the flyer designs and all of that. And John must have caught, caught, caught that. I caught his eye with one of the things. And he said, we need this guy in John Bon Jovi fan club because we want to scale our, our, our fan club website business. And, and I'm going on tour. I'm going on a world tour soon. And I'm going to be in arenas with 100,000 plus people. I want to promote the stuff that I'm doing that people don't know right. about, right? And so when you get that comp, when you get somebody at that level saying, whoa, this guy is legit, right? <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I walked back then in my early 20s when that was going on or late 20s when that was going on. <clears throat> I thought I was like untouchable. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. it was humbling, you know, it was, it was humbling. But at the same time, I want to get this point across. <clears throat> Never feel so out of reach or so untouchable where you lose connection with the lower echelon. That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful lesson. Because you, you got to be a bit approachable at the end of the day. Yeah, you want to treat the CEO the same way you treat the janitor. I grew up, I mean, we were raised very similar. You have to. You know, like when people walk past you and they go to say hello and they don't wait for the answer. I pay attention to stuff like that. When I'm communicating with somebody that is supposed to be the top of the top, but they don't give a shit about somebody else. Yeah. It's the small little details. You it's want to really know, uh, how, you, you really want to know somebody, watch the way they treat other people. Because yes. they're never going to treat you different. I can right. promise you that. The treat other, when you treat other people that actually work for you or people that act or restaurants. Yeah. Man, I, I, that's a whole other freaking topic. It is, <laughs> it, is, it is. That's a whole other freaking topic. I don't even want to open up that can of worms. Yeah. It, it tells you a lot about what they really think it goes on in their brain. Yeah. I can go on and on forever, Henry. I, I really appreciate you, know, you coming on the show and I hope all the listeners got and I'm, I don't want to just kind of like <laughs> manipulate their minds and say, you got a lot of value. No, listen, this is a powerful episode. I mean, anything that you want to kind of wrap it with, I mean, how, how can my listeners find you a little bit more about you? Well, what I would do is have them just Google the brand doctor. Honestly, yeah. you just Google the brand doctor and you're going to find me in a split second. But I have a podcast too, if you want to check out, it's called the brand doctor podcast. We're getting about 73,000 downloads a month and Yours truly, Chris Ross, was on the show not too long ago, which will be publishing uh, very soon. So you can hear that episode over there. And then, you know, if you go to my website, uh, Unique Designs with a Z at the end, not an S, dot net, um, you'll get access to my YouTube channel and Instagram and all of the, those platforms uh, where I'm putting co content out consistently and daily. So really appreciate you guys having me on and bearing with the little guy in the background. Oh, I mean, no, that's awesome. Um, it makes it going that's what for makes half it an hour. I'm like, whoo. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. I sometimes I might have my cat in here, and but it, some I don't really trust him when I'm doing a lot of video that he'll jump on my back or whatever. Yeah, right. I'm I get it. The living room still looks the way it does. Right, Wes. Anything you want to add? I mean, last maybe something we missed with you know the listeners can take a lot of you know understanding about how to align this whole episode or even try to implement something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, thank you, Henry, for being on. I mean, this was incredible value coming in. Um, one thing I'll tell people to take away from is notice the journey and the impact that that journey has now had on the way that Henry views things, how the way that he approaches certain, certain things in the mindset, because that directly has an influence over the outcome. And it's who he is and who he's become that's given him what he truly wants and keeps giving him what he wants, not any certain strategy or tactic that he somehow landed upon. So you, you have to go through the journey and be willing to take on those struggles and obstacles and challenges with the idea that your will prevail no matter what. Mm. Beautiful. Well said. Beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I mean, he's like a poet of sales for me. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it sound so eloquently. I, like his delivery sometimes. I, sometimes when I'm on a lot of calls with West with the companies or whatever we're doing consulting with, when he's speaking, I, I'm one of his probably biggest cheerleaders. I completely believe in abundance. Whole other episode right there. I get so excited because I, what's coming out is mental. His delivery delivers it so well. 
Well done, Wes. No, I appreciate but, it. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. But he's for me. Too. He just sits there. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, and ice and he's got ice in his veins, man. I'm telling yeah. you, ice <laughs> in his veins. You know, it'd be good. I love it. If he had a fire, he might have a, make sure he had a whistle. The fire breaks out but guys i really hope that you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions comments concerns of anything fill out the feedback form or reach out to henry or just search the brand doctor and i guarantee you'll find him he'll come and give you a diagnosis that's for sure so keep moving keep growing keep learning y'all take care be safe out there god bless henry thank you again wes as well appreciate it so much thank Thank you. you take care